Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ryan Painter Podcast. Today, we sit down with Counselor Vikram Sagu of Next Level Counseling. We talk about different counseling methodologies and the kind of counseling methodologies that Vic likes to use with his clients. And Vic goes into detail about his thoughts around artificial intelligence. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Ryan Painter Podcast. It is really, really great to have you here. I had a fantastic holiday season. It was very chill, very relaxed. Didn't do uh, too, too much, although I will admit, um, I'm actually going to take that back because <laughs> Stephanie had had us very, very busy. Um it's funny when I talk with folks about holiday plans, I often think about traveling and, you know, considering that traveling equals doing things. But the more I talk to folks, and I've talked to quite a few people about what they did over the holidays, most folks I talked to didn't go anywhere. They stayed local. And, and, you know, that's totally cool. Staying local and doing things locally is 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 great. I mean, certainly since COVID-19, I think there's absolutely all the reason in the world to spend your money locally and support local businesses as much as you possibly can, which is actually what we did. Stephanie had us um, go to, uh, we went to a, a concert. Uh, I think it was a, a choral concert. We uh, went to a couple different uh, uh meals, uh, one at Christmas Eve and then one at uh, on Boxing Day. We went to Butchart Gardens twice. And look, if you live near Victoria, and even if you live across the water from Victoria, if you have a chance to visit the region during the winter months, you absolutely have to go to Butchart Gardens. Uh, look, I'm, this isn't a this isn't a plug in terms of me getting any kind of sponsorship dollars. This is a true true fact it is one of the most beautiful experiences i have ever experienced i walked through the light up gardens uh, we went we actually we went twice once my wife and i once with my mother-in-law and the first time we went we walked around it twice we were just such uh we were so in awe so captivated by the lighting and how beautiful it was there it's it's absolutely stunning, and if uh, if you haven't been, it's been ten years since we moved to Victoria, and we have never been until this last Christmas. And I don't know why we talked about it a lot, and we certainly have friends who mentioned Butchart Gardens to us and how amazing it is to see this uh, this holiday light up, Christmas light up that they have there. But uh, we just never got there. So we finally did. And it is not an understatement to say it will take your breath away. You get to walk around the entire gardens. They've got they've got it lit up. Actually, and all throughout the gardens, they recreate the 12 days of Christmas in different places with different things. So, you know, you'll see uh, eight maids of milking and you'll see nine ladies dancing. <laughs> and uh, I will admit on more than one occasion walking through and seeing them and having to kind of replay the song in my head. Uh, what's next? Uh, what, what is, what is 
uh, six, six, six geese a laying, but what was seven, right? Seven swans a swimming. And I actually got tripped up, um, by 10, uh, 10 had me going for a while. Um, but I think we, we, I eventually got there and I'm actually, I'm blanking on it right now as I talk. So if we go, what was it? 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10, 10 maids of milking. There we go. 10 maids of milking. Is it 10 maids of milking or is it eight maids of milking? Say, yeah, no, 10 was definitely something else. Ah, 10 Lords of Leaping. That's what it was. And I'm certain most of you listening are probably shouting at the radio or at work. You're listening on the radio. <laughs> You're listening on your on your smartphone or or in your car, shouting, "Ryan, it's ten lords of leaping." Well, there we go. I finally got it. But this is exactly what I did walking through. I had to play it through my head several times. Um. Anyways, I digress. It is an absolutely stunning display, and you have to have to have to go if you are in the area. I think they start at mid or late uh, November. Uh, whatever it is, it's it's worth the price of admission. Um, and their cafe there is fantastic too. We stopped up at the cafe. We got a bite to eat. Um, they have a chili there. It's like a turkey chili. Really, really good. So full props for the Bouchard Gardens and the ambiance, uh, the lights, the ability to walk through. If you have um, maybe uh, someone with some mobility challenges, it's totally accessible um, all the way through. They've got ramps all the way through. It's very easy to access. So don't worry about that at all. And definitely recommend stopping by and grabbing some of that turkey chili if you get a chance to. It is awesome. And now here we are, 2024. Uh, I am actually recording this on January 5th, five days into the new year. I'm really excited about 2024. Actually, there's some great things coming uh, personally for me, but I, I think it's going to be a really interesting year in general. I'm excited about guests that I have lined up to come on the show uh, to talk to you. I've got two on uh, on on standby that I need to record episodes for, and I think they're going to be uh, great, great episodes. I, I just can't wait for you to listen to them. And, you know, I think in general it's going to be interesting. I know BC has an election coming up this year, and we're going to have some guests on to talk about that. And uh, the current situation, the continuing situation in uh, in Israel, and what's going on with their uh, attempts to get the hostages that Hamas stole from Israel uh, before murdering uh, 1,400 people, and uh, bringing them back, and that that is still playing out as we speak. Uh, and it's it's. You know, there's lots of different fundraising initiatives that are going on. So I encourage you, go to the Victoria uh, Federation, um, uh, go to CJA. Um, I'll provide links in the show notes. There's lots of opportunities to find ways to donate. I've donated here to the Victoria and Vancouver Island Jewish Community Center. And they've actually got a great deli. Uh, if you go to the, um, it's on Shelburne here in here in uh, Victoria and Saanich. Uh, it's got a great deli, so definitely go check them out if you're around here. But, uh, you know, donate what you can. You know, these organizations are helping on the ground to ensure that those who are doing the work of pushing back against anti-Semitism get the help that we need because it's 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 getting scary, uh, like scarier than it's previously been. I mean, if you haven't been paying attention, the... 
blatant anti-Semitism out there now is is repugnant. I mean, we just just here in Victoria, um, as if what happened with Susan Kim signing that letter uh, and essentially calling into question that women were raped by Hamas, uh, which was in, in all in all uh, 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 in all appropriate words uh, not condemned. Uh, by the mayor of Victoria. If anything, it was hand-waved away, um, which is, I think, just as bad, in my opinion. Uh, now we have a theater, The Belfry, which was scheduled to play, uh, to have a one-man show called The Runner uh, come uh, at the Spark Festival, which was coming up this spring. And The Runner is, um, it, it is a show that is, I'm not going to go through all the details of the script, but it is a one-man show. It is critical of Israel, um, but it received this incredible opposition from a group of people who, in my opinion, and this won't shock anybody, are woefully uninformed, saying that this show needed to be canceled uh, because the situation in the Middle East was was just so uh, fraught that we couldn't possibly have a one-man play come to Victoria to express artistically uh, some perspective, which, again, is not necessarily a pro-Israel perspective. I have a feeling that most of the people who boycotted the runner boycotted it just because Israel was attached to it in some way, shape, or form. They don't actually know anything about the play. And uh, the Belfry uh, acquiesced. They just gave up. They gave up and they said, yeah, okay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pull the play. So they've canceled it. And uh, it's disgusting. It's thoroughly disgusting to see art and culture targeted in our city, in Canada, and have art and culture canceled. And look, I've talked a lot about cancel culture on this show. Those of you who listened to my interview with um, Renu Bakshi, if you haven't listened to it, go back to the first episode. We talk about cancel culture quite a bit. We talk about woke ideology as well. Um, I, I abhor cancel culture. And I've, I've taken part in it. And and I absolutely... Uh, uh, I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of the history that I have of canceling in uh, not just here, but you know, anywhere where I have, where I would have called for the cancellation of people's speech. It's just not something that, that I think is appropriate. And now cancel culture has expanded to the arts and culture section. I mean, this is the red guard all over again. You know, this is Mao's China. This is the cultural silencing of our generation. This is what's happening. And I've talked about this a lot, but this is what has splintered me so much from the left because the left is supposed to be an ideology of free thinking, rational, scientifically supported, open-minded people. And unfortunately, feeling that way may have been quite naive because 
evidently what the left really is about now is just pure power, power, dictatorship, and control. I think maybe even power and control more than anything else. And it's really disconcerting because you see a trend where it's totally okay to do this. And it's almost like nobody gives a shit. And it, it's so frustrating because we in Canada are a extremely free, loving country, full of artistic potential and promise and hope. And to see that there appears to be a desire to shut down artistic expression. I mean, that that is so clearly a shift towards a more authoritarian way of being. And I just can't, I can't watch that and be okay with it because it's not okay. It's not okay that in 2023 slash 2024, we had the call to shut down a play and then that call was heeded by the organization whose job it is because this is a theater is to put on productions to put on plays to put on art for the community to absorb has acquiesced to that demand to shut down culture to shut down constructive artistic expression this is not supposed to be the purview of the left, but here we go. This is where we're at now. And the only way I can consciously see to counter that is to, is to push back as hard as I can against this kind of thing. And it's frustrating because the city in Victoria, if you're not familiar with Victoria... It is a city and, and the region in, at large, but, but Victoria itself prides itself on its progressive nature. You know, you talk to anybody here who works in government or the nonprofit sector or who is connected to any kind of um, government-affiliated consultancy or organization. People are very proud of how progressive it is here is a bit of sanctimoniousness about the Victorian spirit, the Victorian ethic. And to see this happen in a city that considers itself progressive is one of the least progressive things I've ever seen in my 10 years of living here. It is a slow decline towards an authoritarian controlling identity politics that prefers to push its people into a similar way of thinking because heaven forbid people think differently. And if people think differently, the only option is to shut them up and shut them down and cancel them. That's not the way that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be able to talk and have conversations. But in a society where cancel culture has taken over, it is the oppressed versus the oppressor. And that's what the left is today. Oppressed versus oppressor. That's all we are. Those are the two dynamics that today's left plays out. And in a world where you're either the oppressed or you're either the oppressor, it is an all or nothing game. 
and the op- the 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 ones pushing this narrative are have won. They've won out now. In this scenario, do I think they'll win in the long run? No, because I think people at the end of the day will understand and will learn that the freedom to express yourself is so paramount and that that has been quelched, I believe people will start to smarten up and will start to look and think, oh my gosh, what have we become? Is it going to happen now? Is it going to happen in the next month, next year, next two years? I don't know. But mark my words, a shift is coming. A shift is coming. And it is going to be a big shift. I'm not talking about a small pendulum swing. Because in politics and in government, that's what happens. Pendulums swing. Society and culture always does tend towards improvement and progression, in my opinion. However, politics in and of itself does tend to swing on a pendulum. And we have been increasingly pulling that pendulum higher and higher and higher on one side, higher and higher, and it's starting to strain and creak under the pressure of being pulled beyond where it's supposed to go. And soon it's going to whip back in the other direction and people are just going to be shocked. I won't be. Because I warned you. I warned you that this is going to happen. It is absolutely going to happen. Mark my words. Wait and see. This pendulum is going to swing. And it's going to swing hard and it's going to swing heavy and people will clutch their pearls and say, how did we get here? How did this happen? And I'm going to say it happened because you didn't know when to stop. It happened because you didn't realize you had already won and you kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing beyond where people at the time were willing to go. You see, societal change is necessarily slow. And it should be necessarily slow. Not because change isn't important. It's because you need to move people with you. The majority needs to come with you. And the majority takes time to convince. And the risk is if you don't bring the majority with you and if you try to push the majority in a direction when they're not ready to go, the blowback can take you in the opposite direction in a bad way. And look, people know this. This isn't new. It's 2023. We've had political philosophers and theologians, sociologists talking about this kind of thing all the time. And I'm sure there's a fancy name for it. And No, I don't have it. But this concept is not new. But we're in a place and we have been in a place where one side has been dominating for a very long time and they have been winning and they don't know when to quit. My concern has always been that when you push beyond the envelope of where people are ready to go and you, you, you push beyond that boundary, people will push back and resist. And that's the tension of politics. And that tension is good. That tension is very good. 
It's important tension because it's that kind of tension that moves our society forward and that allows us to improve and progress. It's good. It's a good thing. But it needs to be measured. And unfortunately, there's not been anybody monitoring how heavy the push is, how strong the push is. Nobody's been looking at the scales. Nobody's been watching that pendulum. I know of what I'm talking about. And I just, I guarantee it's going to be a heavy swing back in the other direction towards a politics of more conservative, potentially fiscally conservative, potentially libertarian. Libertarian for me is totally fine because I am a libertarian. Conservative in a direction might not be a bad place for us to go right now, but getting too far in one direction, you, you get to start going after that social safety net and people start getting hurt really badly. It's a bad thing. I really believe in a liberal democracy and a welfare state and a social safety net that is there to catch people and help lift people up to give them opportunities. Ooh. People are going to be shocked. We'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I don't think I am. I don't think I am. So pay attention to what's happening around you. Pay attention. The signs are there. You'll see them. But pay attention. And look, when you're having discussions with folks, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have a different perspective from folks. I would even suggest that it's important that you have a different perspective from folks. And I know that it can feel really challenging to voice that opinion, especially if you're in a vacuum of people where voicing that perspective could get you pushed outside of a circle. But I just want to put a thought in your head. Is it better to be a free thinking person and outside the circle? Or is it better to have complete control taken away from you and you be subservient to a group that is dictating where you go? I contend the former is much more preferable, even if it's a little lonelier. It's much more preferable. Anyways, that is my rant for today. I hope I hope that it doesn't start you off in a challenging place, but I, I want you to really consider the political and social climate that exists today. Be thoughtful, be informed, but most of all, just be kind. You know, be kind. I think that's what's been lost in all of this. There's a kindness that has just been lost today. And um, that's a shame because I think kindness and love can take us a lot further forward than manipulation. Today, we jump into a conversation with Vic Sagu. Vic is a counselor living in Burnaby. And we talk about a whole wide ranging bevy of topics, including superheroes, which is a big thing for me because I'm a comic book collector. And I really enjoyed our conversation. We get deep into some discussions around counseling, deep emotions. And um, at the back end of this conversation, I'll leave you some information on how to get in touch with Vic if you're looking to get some counseling help. And I really do encourage you to. 
and I'll leave some information in the show notes as well. So here's my conversation with Vic Sagu. Vikram, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me. So Vikram, uh, you know, before we get started, uh, I we have a similar uh, musical interest, it turns out. You also oh, yeah? like Alexis on Fire, which we found out because uh, I had yes. posted um, on Instagram um, um, mm-hmm. a song and you had uh, uh, responded back that <laughs> yes. it was an excellent song. It is indeed an excellent song. Have, how, yes. long have you, uh, how long have you been uh, a fan of theirs? Oh, probably like 2012, pretty much Young Cardinals, when Young right. Cardinals came out. So right. that's like around 2012, 2013. Right. And um, and then I found out about City in Color, about Dallas Green's own thing. And oh man, it's just so good. Yeah. The, um, I mean, they're uh they're they're um a, a group of incredibly amazing artists. Mm-hmm. When uh, I grew up in the Okanagan and when um uh my band at the time, I think it was 2003, 2004 um we uh uh we had been playing some shows locally in vernon uh and in Kelowna, yeah. and um uh alexis on fire and monin were actually both uh, had both come to Kelowna, and so we got tickets to go see them uh in at that it was formerly called the warehouse it was an excellent yeah. concert venue um and um it was it was an amazing show i had um at the time I had a, a, a blue Ibanez four string bass guitar and I had it in my car. And, uh, after the show, I ran up on stage and I asked <laughs> just totally blatant. I said, did you guys sign my bass? And they said, yeah, go get it. So no I, way. I ran, I ran back, uh, came back, uh, backstage with them. Uh, they signed my bass. I hung out with them for a little bit, uh, just at the warehouse. And, uh, I had to get my friends back to Vernon cause I was their ride. So I couldn't stay yeah. for too, too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of a, a little bit of a brush with, with fame, uh, with them oh, for God, me, because I was a huge fan. Um, unfortunately yeah. I sold that guitar when I moved to Asia, uh, to teach English overseas with my wife in mm-hmm. 2008. Uh, so Jeez. I no longer have that or any of my other music equipment, despite the fact that you see, um, a Marshall yeah. <laughs> amp behind me. It's actually not an amp. It's a beer fridge. Oh my God. It's a beer fridge. Uh, That's <laughs> um but yeah no they're 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 an amazing band have you had a chance to see them live oh yeah i've seen them uh two three times nice and and then i saw city and color live at um in burnaby at the deer lake park oh that was that would be so cool to see uh to see dallas green live yeah i've been a, a yeah. huge fan of theirs ever since uh my high school days um oh yeah amazing yeah so so look, you know, I I, I want to I want to chat. I mean, there's I feel yeah. like there's so much we can chat about. I know. Um, tell me a little bit about your road to becoming a counselor and how you got into counseling because I'm always fascinated about what it is that brings mm-hmm. folks into a role where they're essentially, uh, for lack of a better word, dealing with people's problems. And yeah. that's the career they've chosen for the rest of their life. <laughs> so, I mean, what is it that pulled you into that? Well, you know, honestly, like, I wish I could create some, uh, something that really stands out. But I originally majored in political science and anthropology. I was fascinated by cultures. And, but I also want, I also had a hankering for helping people. I worked in nonprofits, mm-hmm. like, uh, worked with farmers market charity, uh, 
which helps women in Kenya getting an education. Uh, little plug there. And uh, yeah, just always something like that. But unfortunately, after graduation, it was just so hard to find my way. And I had gone through my own trauma with depression, anxiety, mm. uh, and other health issues. So it was tough to find the spot and working like, and I knew, okay, an office job, I'm trying, I don't like it. I'm not working in customer service my whole life. I, I, you know, I think we've all done customer service and we know yep. we don't like it that much. Yep. Um, Although I have I, to say people who, people who do it for the entirety mm-hmm. of their life, um, more power 100%. to them because oh, it, it is a hard, a hard job. My mom yeah. um, uh, did um, uh, cashiering and, uh, mm. and she kind of eventually moved on to a bit more of a managerial position within nice. uh, Cooper's Foods in Vernon, where, where I grew mm. up. Um, and that's kind of how, like what she was doing when I was born. And she did that for, for mm. years until she moved on to some other stuff. So it's, uh, it, it, it is that kind of work is, uh, it's, um, it steals your soul a little bit, <laughs> a, sure a little bit. I'm sure but, it's a lot easier these days. No, I, I would imagine no, but, um, yeah, anyway, so I got into, I, I dealt with depression, anxiety, and then I had friends in domestic abuse in, um, uh, I had one friend who passed, unfortunately her, basically her boyfriend killed her uh you can google her you can google her maple battalia and um yeah so there was always and so like luckily i got the help for anxiety depression but i just saw so many people who didn't and um i figured there has to be a way here and i was always like a personable person and um yeah see that it was like a it's so it sounds so cheesy but i was at new west station and i saw this sign saying uh stanberg college counseling and i was like huh counseling and then i looked in and i was like i can do this i like this i like psychology i like i want to help people okay this is a way to actually help people you found, uh, you found a calling like it was just yeah, exactly gone through all this other stuff the nonprofit support you also had your own experiences mm-hmm. and um the loss of a friend and then it mm-hmm. just at the right moment you ran into this advertisement that just exactly which is, which is i mean it's perfect it just kind of pulled you into it yeah 100 percent. and um but by, by the way just quick thing about um uh, what you're saying about uh customer service i think that i i was talking to a client about this that i think that everybody should work in customer service at least mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. because they are going through shit right now, man. Like, especially this season during Christmas. Yeah. They, everybody should just, you know, you do it once and then you start to respect them. Totally. Totally. Look, I, I, uh, um, I worked as my very first job other than paper root and paper root for some <laughs> reason, I don't really count as a first job because I feel like it's kind of the job that everybody had. It, it's a job, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll, leave that. <laughs> my very, very first job was, um, uh, as a meat department cleanup, uh, person nice. at Cooper's foods where, where my mom works. Nice. And, um, for, uh, 15 hours a week, I would go in at the end of the day and I would clean the, the meat department. Um, mm-hmm. and it was disgusting, uh, horrible work. And mm-hmm. every now and then I'd get a buzz and I'd have to go out and I'd have to help somebody out. From there, I went to work in sporting goods as a sporting goods uh, sales clerk. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've definitely done my fair share mm. of customer yeah. service work and it teaches you a lot about patience. It mm -hmm. teaches you a lot about dealing with, with, with people, um, you know, and especially if you're on like the sales side of it, um, mm. it teaches you a little bit about how to be persuasive and how to mm. talk to people, how to move them, steer them towards the thing that they want. Or if you're talking to them and there's something that they need, but it's not what they're looking at, you can help them find something else. So, I mean, th there is uh, quite a bit of um, ingenuity that I think comes mm -hmm. with that kind of work as well. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, so you've been, you've been counseling, practicing now as a counselor for how long? Uh, for about four years, uh, it's 2023. So, so yeah, about three years. Uh, yeah, four, four years. So, Two and a half with my own practice, and then two years uh, working in uh, a non nonprofit doing practicum. Mm. So yeah, it's uh, it's see some shit. Well, and, and you and you would have started them before COVID, I imagine. If it's four years, I ago. yeah, uh, started a little bit before COVID and graduated during COVID. What was that like? It was interesting. It was, um, I honestly was more excited about graduation and. I think I was at a point where we didn't know if school was, you know, we had a couple more classes and um, it was, I kind of went with the flow, you know, went with, okay, what's Dr. Bonnie Henry saying now? Okay, cool. Okay. Let's use zoom and learn, learn zoom and stuff. I think it was not super stressful but it was quite a change and I think that there's honestly as terrifying as COVID was like I have friends who unfortunately you know they got the worst of it mm. but I think a business-wise we made a lot of changes that were needed during COVID mm -hmm. for, in for instance I do a video mainly do video call with my clients they love it mm-hmm I don't think that would have been such a big thing uh, had COVID not happened. It's and interesting. Zoom... I, was gonna, I was actually going to ask you about that, Vic, because mm -hmm. I, I know the advent of, of COVID caused such a, 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 an economic infrastructural mm -hmm. shift towards mm -hmm. more virtual um, uh, technological usage in, in so many sectors. And in counseling, I, I wondered myself how effective can counseling be when you're not there with someone talking to them? Um, yeah. You know, because you typically you think of counseling, you think of, uh, I, I don't know how outdated this, this, uh, this, this is, room. but you think of, you know, you think of someone sitting on a couch and another mm. person maybe lying down or sitting on a couch or something mm. and, and a person kind of talking to them in that very kind of Freudian way, yeah. with a, a, a notepad and, uh, uh, and, you know, and, mm. and a clock in a quiet room with some nice photos and, other things I've had, I've been in those rooms, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, and I, I'm going to get to my point in a second, but yeah. earlier this year, I started my own, I went back into counseling myself and Ooh. I started uh, a virtual counseling session with my mm -hmm. therapist and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, I was really skeptical going into it because I thought, how is this going to be effective if I'm mm -hmm. not there in person? But my therapist, she was absolutely fantastic. She was still very able to engage with me. I found mm -hmm. I found breakthroughs. Um, so it was really effective. Have you found similarly, especially since you started and kind of learned mm -hmm. in the pre-COVID area and the uh, timeline and then going into COVID practicing 
in a very much a virtual environment. What's the difference for you? And do you find that the virtual environment is more effective, less effective, or is it just different? Well, you know, there's a lot of articles by the APA that they and the APA is just just for those listening. Uh, the the Amer- Amer- American Psychological Association. Awesome, thank you. Um, they uh, they did did this research and they found that there is actually it's not better or worse. It's actually the same. What is the difference in counseling is the fit. Mm. So does this person make me comfortable? through video does this person get, uh, make me comfortable in person it's still going to be the same mm-hmm. i so that's what that's what they have found and i found that too i see my counselor um through video even though she's like literally a two minute <laughs> two minute drive away from me but i'm like and i talk about the convenience Mm-hmm. Uh, with my clients and they love it they a lot of because i see a lot of clients like 20s to 30s so university students a lot of them or or they're rushing to work they'll be like hey nine o'clock can we have a session cool okay have a session hey i gotta go get ready for class and they go to class rather than and also the access is wonderful mm-hmm. because you i live in burnaby mm-hmm. i'm not my clients, they're in on the island. They're on uh in Vancouver, they're in Richmond, um, everywhere in Surrey. And that's awesome because you're not looking at, oh, what's an office that's five minutes away from me? What what's the closest counselor to me? You're mm-hmm. looking at what's the best counselor for me, who fits with me mm-hmm. rather than Oh shit! I don't want shoot. I don't want to uh, drive all the way to Vancouver from Surrey, even though this person's awesome. So access is so finding that fit as a counselor though is 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 super. That's number one. That's That's number number one. one. That yeah. That's number one. So if you have someone coming to you, say for for help, um, Mm -hmm. do you do you get a sense of if if you're a good fit? Because obviously, I think that fit goes two ways, right? Like it's. Mm -hmm. Uh, am I a good fit for them? Are they a good fit for me? Do you, have you ever found yourself in a place where you kind of said, you know what, this might not be the best fit. Do you, do you refer to others? Like how, how does that work? Or do you try to work through it? Even if maybe you kind of feel that the fit isn't there right now, but if you know, you work through it a little bit, that fit Mm. can find its, can find its place. I do try to uh, go through it, but I think the only times that a fit has been an issue is within values. Mm. Uh, so if someone's just a complete man, man hater, or, mm-hmm. you know, I understand it. If say they have PTSD mm-hmm. or some kind of trauma from a, uh, from a man, totally get it. Right. That's very triggering. They don't want to be, they got hurt by a man. They don't want to get help help from a man because mm-hmm. there's kind of that power dynamic i'll totally get that and um i mean i had one client who really wanted to talk about the uh the election mm-hmm. uh with uh with uh the american elections and mm-hmm. he was it wasn't that he was a trump supporter it's just it didn't wasn't really going anywhere mm-hmm. and that's fine i mean i yeah. said 
dude, if you're if you want to support Trump and all that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But let's work on us. And um, yeah, it's usually when they're not respecting me, like I say, hey, my my rule, don't come in high, don't don't be drunk, mm-hmm. and that's usually it. And everybody, the majority, ninety nine point nine percent of people will abide by that. And um, unfortunately, there's that one who has who didn't, and I did refer. Um, the only times I honestly the most of the times uh i well i had one client um who ended up having uh schizophrenia mm-hmm. which was terrifying that i had to refer right and i that actually kind had of to requires go- the help of a of a psychiatrist and, and that's and that's getting to a point where as a as a clinical counselor you mm-hmm. maybe a little bit beyond your scope of practice 100 and he's t- like uh yeah we first I thought he was coming in for anger and then um yeah he came called me like a year later so this year and he was telling me things that just didn't didn't make sense like oh you know the government's after me I think for this reason and uh the CIA and stuff I was like hmm and uh yeah I it does hurt mm-hmm. for me it, it does hurt because I want to help like I wanna, you, you want to help of course 100%. yeah um but to your point though sometimes yeah like adhd that is a massive thing these days Mm -hmm. i'm doing a adhd training course right now i just i tend to figure it out like especially having majority woman clients Mm -hmm. i read a lot about women's issues now yeah well i've I've been reading testimonials on your website and Mm -hmm. what i've seen people are 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 saying that you're very approachable you have an attitude of of, uh, mm-hmm. of accommodation of acceptance. I, I wonder if you find it. Do you find it easy? Like, is it kind of a natural thing for you to to be this way? So you find it very easy to be open and allow people to come to you and mm-hmm. and unburden themselves, or or does it does it? Do you have to? I mean, you you say that you yeah. have a counselor yourself. So do you find that it it does? build up and you have to give yourself a bit of a bit of a break a bit of a downtime i can imagine it's it's mm-hmm. not always sunshine and rainbows well i think those are two questions so the accept acceptability part yeah i accept all the clients i love my clients i care a lot about them and i i'd like to think i try to do almost a goodwill hunting approach with it that i don't want to I like because I saw counselors in my life that you know the generic like how you mentioned the generic Freudian on the bed thing and I had it and I hated it and hearing the stories of people they're like yeah they just said like yeah 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 go on and I was like this is not what I want and then I see other situations like my counselor for instance we're having conversations like my my counselor our first conversation was about motley crew who <laughs> was my first concert and yes i'm wearing the motley crew t-shirt right now and I noticed that yeah yeah and um that and that's part of a fit right mm-hmm. so she uh that i think that counseling in the end in the way in it in a sense, is just a conversation that I, I look at my counsel, my clients as the same level 
And I think that's what makes me stand out that, hey, you t- we just talk and we, yeah, I teach you some skills too, but we're, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to, you know, you, you want to swear, go for it. Like you want to talk about, oh my God, my mom did this. And oh yeah, I, like I, one client, like, oh yeah, so I hooked up with this guy, whatever, that's fine. It's a very judgment-free I, approach. Exactly. It's not always has to be, oh, uh, oh, so I got drunk at this party a couple of days ago. Okay, let I'm not gonna say, okay, well, let's go back to what we were talking about. Let's go back to what because usually there's a reason they brought that up. Mm-hmm. It might be they can't talk to someone about this stuff. Right? Like right, right. I, you know, one kid I have, he's in a very religious family. He had his first date. (laughs) I think he's like, he's like 19 and he had his first date like a month ago. And now he has his first girl, has a girlfriend. He's wanting to share it with me. Hmm. And because his family is very religious. Hmm. And, but that's it, right? They, sometimes they just want to share even the positive things. I wonder, um, you hear a lot about um, different kinds of practices, and I don't pretend to know mm-hmm. even a little bit. I, I mean, we probably all heard, <laughs> about, heard about CBT, and yep. there's, there's lots of other methodologies out there. Is there mm-hmm. a specific methodology that you use when you're working with clients, or is it a mixture of several different ones, or is it client dependent? So, yeah, that would be called multimodal. A multimodal. Uh, with client dependent and a mixture i do do a mixture i use cbt dbt and trauma-based so can you just define what those are for those who might not know for sure so cbt is more thinking of our thoughts cognitive behavioral behavioral therapy dbt looks at dialectical behavior therapy is looking at evidence-based uh things where we're using mindfulness and the term dialects actually uh, i think it comes from full uh buddhism i believe uh that two things can happen at the same time so for in for instance we're looking at what are the facts here where's and using also using mindfulness but also what uh mindfulness actually i, I gotta say in a second but DBT it basically teaches us to accept our th- accept our thoughts and ha- uh, using distress tolerance. So say if we're feeling anxious, okay, let's get into that moment, okay, and see how long we can go. Sort of like CBT in a way. There's an exposure therapy aspect. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, which is a CBT technique. Yeah, yeah. and um, so. DBT, mindfulness, uh, quickly, I'm just going to say, uh, I was actually at a, uh, when I first did my DBT training, they um, uh, had said, when people said, oh, like, what do you, what do you think DBT is? Oh, is it like uh, yoga? Is it like a meditation? He's like, no, that's meditation. And I feel like mindfulness is such an overused word right now. Yeah. You see it everywhere. You see it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, be mindful. But honestly, mindfulness is looking at what is, what are the facts here? So for instance, the weather, we're not looking at good or bad. We're looking at, okay, say it's five degrees, 
cloudy. That's a fact because when we get too judgmental, that's how we get judgmental on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we start saying, like going, saying, I'm feeling anxious right now. Okay, that might be a fact, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm feeling a bit, a bit nervous. Not, I'm feeling anxious. I'm such a loser. I'm feeling nervous. Oh my God, this is going to go so terribly. Right. So it's teaching yourself to stop those thoughts and look only at facts. I want to just pause there for a second. Yeah. Teach yourself sure. to stop those thoughts and just look at facts. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it as someone mm. who has dealt with depression anxiety um, mm -hmm. i'm also a suicide survivor um mm -hmm. it is it's nice. very interesting because yeah. depression always feels like a symptom of being stuck in the past and anxiety mm -hmm. feels like a symptom of being stuck <laughs> worrying about the future yes. uh, and you're talking about no 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 be in the present look at the mm -hmm. facts look at what's actually mm -hmm. happening right now and exactly. that seems like such a helpful way uh, if i may say a mindful way <laughs> to, look, <laughs> like, yes. to look at this kind of stuff no 100 percent, yeah because i mean the i mean i might be uh disney might uh be questioning me about this but the past is the past mm. and well Akuna Matata, right? Yes. So it's okay. I don't. I don't think there's a a, a trademark. <laughs> think. I think it's just one of those societally accepted phrases. Yes. Now, but if yeah, there is so, a trademark Disney, there we go. We're done taking yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. So CBT focusing on your thinking patterns. DBT focusing on interacting with the world and others, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, for instance, not an ugly car. That's a blue car. That's a Corvette. That's a whatever you don't have to be a car junkie to do it interesting interesting yeah. with, um with my therapist uh we mm -hmm. started this year i had so i've i've had i've had um and anyone who's who's gone to therapy and listening will understand this i've had mm -hmm. lots of different therapists when you talked mm -hmm. very early about finding that fit could never find a fit i tried Sorry. for years um i've been in victoria for 10 years now for 10 years i tried to find a counselor that i had a oh. fit with and um one or two sessions in, I just felt like mm -hmm. the, the fit wasn't there. There was either, you know, uh, and, and look, uh, let me preface by saying this. I'm not denigrating any practice with mm -hmm. what I'm about to say. Yeah. However, there, there, there does seem with some counselors a tendency to be a little bit loopy. And so I had one counselor mm -hmm. who swore up and down about... Mm -hmm using this kind of uh, oil-based supplement no, to help no. my depression and then said, there's this chiropractor that I should really <laughs> go see because the chiropractor has cured depression. And I was like, this is just nuts. Like, I just, I, maybe it's true for some people, but I can't get there. So uh, no way. But when I, when I started with my therapist um, at the beginning of this year, Mm -hmm. she was practicing something with me called parts work and oh, yeah. um, I'd never heard of that before mm -hmm. and nobody had ever done parts work with me mm -hmm. before and doing this work with her I, I realized all of these different parts mm -hmm. of me that actually had 
been existing for so long that had been kind of competing with me. I had this this young part that felt felt really abandoned. I had this older part that was really worried about me and was constantly like on guard looking out for something that would hurt me or potentially hurt the younger part. I had this other kind of amorphous part that was kind of always hanging around. And I actually discovered that that amorphous dark cloud was the suicide attempt that I had never fully addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had kind of, it, it had happened. And then I moved on from that as quickly as possible into yeah. my own treatment and medication and all this other stuff. But she yeah. took me back to that. Mm-hmm. And I had probably one of the greatest cries that I've had in my yeah. entire life. It was uh, amazing. So, you know, when you do find that counselor, it, mm-hmm. saying this isn't to make people feel there's no there's yeah. no hope out there there absolutely is and when you I find that therapist that counselor it mm-hmm. makes a world of difference mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome that you went through that and you had that epiphany that's awesome but let me ask you about the other counselor that you didn't really fit with did they <laughs> <laughs> did they so when they said oh try this try that did they ask you or did they tell you told me told me 100 percent. yeah was not, that's was the no asking there there was there was mm-hmm. they said oh this is an oil you need to try this and oh this chiropractor does amazing things you need to do that and yeah. again i felt very kind of like i didn't feel a part of that conversation i felt mm-hmm. very like i was being told what to do i think you're probably so, going to jump into this here in a minute so i'll stop mm-hmm. and let you say what you're going to say well yeah i mean that's i think what comes down to the fit and i think that's why so many of my pretty much all my clients stay or they come back or they you know they're so thankful for the help is because I asked them hey do you want to work on this right now like we could do this 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 uh hey you mentioned uh you wanted to work on ADHD hey you want want to work on stress at school hey you you said you had uh boyfriend issues um which one should we focus on what's really hurting uh hitting you right now okay you want to do that hey I have this technique that uh you might like do you or let's let's keep it simple for a second hey do you want to uh since you're working with anxiety and stress do you want to do meditate try meditation for five minutes no didn't like it okay let's take that out let's try something else what else works for you okay what kind and i try to get a vibe of their lifestyle like uh say uh, one person they are just feeling out of it and uh, de- uh depressed and um out of, uh, they according to them out of shape um i said dude let's go five minute walk that's all i asked five minute walk can we do that mm-hmm. and they did that and they're like yeah I just my mood just changed <laughs> yeah and i ended up ended up walking 20 minutes so point is that that I think is a massive issue when we're, I don't think we like to be told in the end. That is a huge, we don't want to, we deal with our parents enough. We deal with say maybe a partner or a boss. (laughs) At work or at home. (laughs) This whole time you, you might do a five minute meditation and be thinking, Oh my God, this is so stupid. Mm. But so what I try to do is, find what they like and let's cut out the shit that you don't like if you just want to do more of a a talk style and do interventions okay let's do that right when 
obviously I don't push into interventions like for sessions, but um, get a better vibe of what's the situation. And yeah, like, uh, or we try to make it not funny, but uh, I kind of say, okay, because, you know, our bot kind of like you might have learned in your parts work that our uh, body has stressors, uh, physical stressors when we're talking about say trauma yeah so i just say okay let's shake let's shake it off let's just shake it off okay like taylor swift says yeah and so at the end i just say that say that and it just gives them a smile after and also that, how can you not listen to taylor swift and just not be happy even if it's a little bit more of a down song uh which she doesn't really have many of she's got some she's got a few with attitude in them right oh yeah and, 100%. I, I mean, I'm I, I'm not, my wife is absolutely a Swifty. I'm probably a Swifty um, by association. <laughs> um, I'm, I, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I like the, I, I like the, the shake it off. Um, mm-hmm. My, um, it's interesting you, t- you mentioned that kind of the, the body connection to trauma and stress mm-hmm. um, when dealing with, with my therapist, she would always kind of stop and she would, she would say, what are you feeling in your body right now? Or, or mm-hmm. what's your body doing? Or where are you feeling this tension? And we'd always kind of stop and we'd explore where, where that feeling was. Mm-hmm. Typically for me, it was very much chest, shoulders, neck, mm-hmm. very much kind of in the upper portion of my body. And so it was always just nice to kind of sit there and just realize where that was and, and how it came about. Um, I, I wonder now, just want to shift a little bit uh, mm-hmm. to, in terms of your practice, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if you're, if you're, uh, able to answer this because it's it's sure. such a a nuanced discussion but mm-hmm. when we think of the advent of more artificial intelligence i mm-hmm. wonder about your thoughts on the implications for that and the counseling profession it, are people going to be moving more towards some kind of artificial intelligence engagement for counseling do you think artificial intelligence can replace an mm-hmm. in-person expert counselor or is it going to be kind of an intermediary I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. But no, I do. That, I do. It's something that I've been really interested in because if you can just go to chat GPT and type in some stuff, mm-hmm. you can probably go into chat GPT and, or some other uh, mm-hmm. uh, really specific kind of counseling AI program and it can just mm-hmm. spit some stuff out. Yeah. I actually saw a uh, Instagram reel, I think it was, that was just like this person just types in this, this, this happened. And then they just reply like that. That must have been really tough for you. Uh, maybe you can try uh, try this and that that. And I was like, oh my gosh! And I was sending it to. Uh, I showed it to a client, and they're like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, and so I'm thankful on that. But I think so. They actually. I think this was in either. I think this was in Japan uh that they did this uh research and i i don't know why it's one of those things you know you watch and then you just it's stuck in your mind i think i read it like five years ago and but um basically they were trying to help mothers tired mothers have have, after having a baby cradling the baby so they Mm -hmm. said okay let's have robots cradle the baby to help them sleep the moms can go to sleep Hmm. what they found is that the baby was what it would not work for the baby and really yeah but 
when the, the moms cradled it the same way, they found it they did go to sleep because were the, were the mom's holding the baby or was the baby in a crib or something no the you know just normal uh, like you know hold so the there, baby. Wasn't that, there wasn't that physical contact thing that the baby was preferring it was sorry i'll let you finish i'm just this yeah is no yeah so it was the hormones it was they uh, can actually sense oh. the love it was it's so cheesy but it's the mother's love that they actually sense that helped them uh go to sleep that's and actually wild. yeah i know that's like the most harry potter or like whatever generic thing you could say but cheesy thing like you know in harry potter when dumbledore says uh love is what helped you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but i was like that is fascinating like they actually they're not even like talking and stuff but they can they know a mom's love there mm-hmm. and i think it's the same it's similar with um, counseling that imagine talking to a robot or a, even a screen, not even a screen, a just typing away your problems and then answer coming. I mean, yeah, you could it take ch- a chat GPT out. Yahoo answers. Hey, uh, I'm feeling depressed. What do I do? Okay. Here's a bunch of Yahoo answers, right? Or Quora. That is one thing. But it's about you're feeling something when you're hearing a counselor and you're somebody actually listening to you and empathizing with you. And I, I think- imagine that you're 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 thinking about kind of the 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 connection there, whether it's hormones mm-hmm. or whether it's that real organic mm-hmm. personal connection would probably also extend to if it was an AI robot of some kind, hundred percent, uh, or an Android or or some whatever it is, because there's all kinds of stuff being created and. You only have to oh. look on, on YouTube and Instagram to see the kind of yeah. crazy stuff there. So I, I guess you would probably extend that to even mm-hmm. including real world examples of AI and artificial intelligence. Yeah, I haven't looked too too into the research about how far they are with counseling, but so far with like the baby example and just, I think there's a def. I mean, we could definitely go into a tailspin of this conversation, but there definitely is a lack of human connection these days and let's, as let's human let's go into that let's well go ahead yeah technology right yeah uh you're going you're going to work okay well i'm on the computer i'm i'm on youtube i'm on instagram whatever right um you're more on your screen say making an instagram reel or making posting your pictures for generally for other people to like but how often in 2023 are we actually having real conversations? Not that often, man. And I think that as humans, we are biologic. We bi- biologically need that. We need human interaction. So I don't think, in that sense, AI would work. And I've seen Terminator. I've seen um, uh, Ex Machina, right? Mm-hmm. It, which is a great movie. Think- it's a one it's grossly underrated it's such a good movie um so you're 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 on to something here about the lack mm-hmm. of the real person connection um mm-hmm. and and this kind of goes full circle into our earlier conversation around virtual meetings and connecting yeah. virtually um mm-hmm. and i guess as a counselor you're mm-hmm. dealing with people from all walks of life whether they're yeah. depressed they've got ptsd or 
or they've got anxiety. Um, when you're dealing with them, uh, are you finding that your interventions over the years are, are, I guess this is a difficult question to answer because every person's different, okay. but, but do you find that it is getting easier to, to break through and connect with people? Is it getting harder? Um, you would think that the more down the rabbit hole of technology we're getting, it might be harder to break through to people and connect with folks because of how disconnected we've become. You know, I don't think I've found that problem, not to toot my own horn, but I haven't really found that problem because people who want to get help, get help. I I, I actually, to your earlier question about the clients that I've I might have trouble with is when they're forced into counseling. Oh, uh, okay. That's interesting. So like, oh yeah, my, my wife said I have to come. My mom said I have to come and they just don't feel it. And I said, okay, well, what do you like to do for fun? Let's talk about right. that. And right. so I find a way and this is going to link that say I try to use counseling accessibly. So and I believe that everyone should understand what they're going through or what exactly is depression, what is anxiety, what's actually happening in your mind or anyone's mind. So I kind of try to use analogies. So for instance, what do you like to do fun? Oh, you like, you like anime? Oh, you like uh, Batman, Superman? Uh, you like Spider-Man? Okay. Um, I, I take a note of that, right? I had one guy, he... Uh, we're work working on um we're doing a, a small intervention i said hey so what kind of uh goals does spider-man have what are his issues and uh <laughs> we talked about spider-man's issues and and related to his issues and how uh he totally understood it that made it accessible or hey okay male depression for instance which is a great topic I'm passionate about mm -hmm. you know like we come from we grew up watching Spider-Man or Batman uh Superman all the these strong guys and are mm -hmm. you know they get beat up and they just keep going so they don't show about any emotion I relate that I talk I mean you went on my website maybe you read that blog about male depression and superheroes uh-huh and did. yeah yeah, and that's something that it gets stuck in our our psyche, and that's what we do. It we look at our dads; they watch pretty much Clint Eastwood, I guess, mm -hmm. and similar thing. Rocky, you get older, and it's the same thing with guys. And so, mass the media has always been a factor uh, on that. And but I try to make that an accessible way or ex ex uh to explain the situation whether it's depression anxiety adhd uh or whatever the intervention might be that we work on uh try to pick out a movie like one person with one movie that's great for grief is up they oh my god yes so <laughs> yeah you have things to say <laughs> Well, no, I just, I remember the first time I watched that movie. I cried like a baby after that. Oh my God, scene. that was a rough movie. And yeah. that was years ago. And I, we, we've got a Disney Plus subscription. So I just recently watched it again. And I had the exact same reaction. Mm -hmm. Like I think to a T as deep 
like sorrow and just crying as I did like yeah. 10, 15 years ago when it first came out. So that's it. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, I mean, the rest of the movie also kind of plays into your narrative. I want to, I want to ask on the, yeah. um, on the question or on the, on the point you raised, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I'm, I'm losing what you were, no, what, what you had said. I, I know. I'm sorry. I said a lot of things. So. No, no, no. It's good. Um, I should have written it down. You were talking about the 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 superhero piece and the yes. men looking at these symbols of strength, uh, and and perhaps there's a a a, a psychological piece about about not mm-hmm. living up to that. I would mm-hmm. um, I wonder how you feel or how you see positive cultural male role models like do, do you see any like that are there any role models out there right now whether they're um real people like mm-hmm. you know sports figures or or other other kinds of oh, things okay. or or um fantasy figures made up on on tv movies things like that is is there anyone out there in the culture especially for men because depression and anxiety is such an issue mm-hmm. for men because we don't feel like we can talk about it um and we totally can, and there's not going to be any judgment. So uh, it, it's 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 hard, right? Because it, it all depends on where you share these things. You have to be ready. Um, mm-hmm. When I first started talking publicly about my uh, my suicide attempt, my issues with depression and anxiety in 2017, my wife was terrified because mm-hmm. she was like, "You're going to get people are going to call you up, uh, all kinds of names. They're going to say that you're weak. They're going to, you know, crying for attention, all this other kind of stuff, which was never the reason why I was doing it." The reason why I was doing it was because I felt I had a responsibility as a man who experienced all those things and made it through to talk about them, to help destigmatize that kind of stuff. So do you see any figures out there like that who who might be able to be looked to, um, to uh, provide an archetype um, for men to rely on if they're feeling like they need to look to some kind of cultural figure? I mean, so the issue is I'll, I'll answer your question but the yeah, issue yeah. is that it's hard to you have to dig deeper into it that's the problem mm. so i mean i you know when i tell uh them uh, tell my clients about the about these figures uh, or even these real people i'm like they're like oh shit i didn't know that uh so like Le- I, i'm not a basketball guy but but lebron james uh russell wilson who plays who used to play for the my my football team seahawks and mm-hmm. uh, lebron james uh michael jordan mm-hmm. uh tom brady russell uh bruce Bings- springsteen mm-hmm. they all did therapy however which is great like they have a little you know they have a little note on like yeah this helped me through this and um i you know i know all the guys from motley crew did <laughs> uh uh, counseling as well for uh, alcoholism and trauma mm. but you have to read into it it's not like very open thing like right i forget what show it was but like basically every character is supposed to be a a show or movie that every character is supposed to represent a different uh i think it was spongebob actually i think it was spongebob squarepants is supposed to represent like oh this person has narcissism personality mm. disorder oh this person has adhd this per- and um yeah i know but the, you have to google that you have to read into that and find the right article mm. i don't think it's open enough right and i 
I think that's the main issue. I mean, it's there. Like, what, really, when you look at it, uh, Iron Man totally has uh, depression. He has trauma from he, his dad was never there. He has, has to have this grandiosity uh, with, when showing up to people. And like, yeah, I'm so great. And this and that. But damn, I'm hurting inside. Mm -hmm. um batman we know for sure has that yeah. depression that's why he beats up uh criminals that because that's all he knows if he i'm pretty sure if if batman got therapy for his the death of his parents he would not be around he would not be a batman hmm. he would just be a person um but what does that say what does that say though about the characters that we make up that we as a society develop these kind of characters that have some kind of inherent flaw within mm -hmm. them and i shouldn't say flaw because being depressed anxious ptsd it's not a flaw it's a symptom yeah. of, of 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 an imbalance and however that happens so mm -hmm. I, I take that back but who have some kind of inherent um uh, complexity and then we design them to show this incredibly strong outer shell uh, mm -hmm. because we can't show what's inside, right? Like, especially, you know, any of these superheroes that you look at, um, we're getting deep into the superhero talk, but yeah, I can, yeah. <laughs> I was a comic book collector as a kid. So I've got like tons of comic books. So whether you're looking at, you know, Batman, when you're looking at Spider-Man, wh whoever it is, Wolverine, mm -hmm. any of the X-Men, they all wear costumes to kind of hide their actual selves, mm -hmm. who they really are underneath. And they're portraying a, uh, a fiction on the outside. Mm -hmm. What does that say that that is something um, that is so pervasive in our culture? Uh, and it, is there something that you can recommend for men who are kind of struggling to kind of break through and understand that what they're experiencing inside is not uh, an anomaly? It, it's experienced by men all over the world. Yeah. Um, well, you know, that just gave me, it, you mentioned archetypes. It's very Jungian, what you mentioned, that mm. Carl Jung that the mask right uh everybody's putting on a mask we put masks on every day i think mm -hmm. and it took me a while honestly to take my mask off and just be me mm -hmm. but whether you're in high school whether you're at work whether in life it's just everybody has to put on this mask it's, it's almost like it's not cool to you have to go with what's cool rather than oh i'm interested in these things uh, but i don't want to be shown as awkward so i'm gonna act this way Right. So with the superhero piece, men, we need to, we have the highest rate of suicide. Uh, we have the highest rate of anxiety, highest rate of depression, highest rate of trauma, everything. Mm -hmm. And yet we are the lowest people ready to get help. Mm -hmm. I think there's an issue there. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to have more people of in power whether it's superheroes, whether it's um, excuse me, whether it's uh athletes, sports athletes, um, saying that hey, it's okay to get this help, not just one month a year, uh, one day a year, oh. one well, one day a year, <laughs> yes, yeah. tweeting, yeah. it's okay to be okay, okay, yeah. cool. No, I think it's very helpful when people tell their story, and they're like oh my gosh, that's very similar to what I went through. Mm. And like I said, yeah, there are people who have done that, who have had that interview. Um, but do you have to dig into it? You have to want to find this. Mm. And it's not in your algorithm so much to find these things. And I just wish that there would be more people 
like I think we uh well Elton John I think uh him and his alcoholism I think we know a lot about him Johnny Depp (laughs) Johnny Depp's alcoholism right I don't know if he still drinks but maybe he probably does but you know it's not not to hate on Johnny Depp I think he does but you know we we Uh, all we all have something we've all got something I say that all the time we've all got something that we're hundred percent hundred percent we all have something especially um I don't so ready for this conversation uh, about Christmas but um around around December it's a tough time and with the economy with you know I guess maybe even guys are thinking okay I have to be the fixer I have to be the guy who runs the home I have to be enough yeah (laughs) is that you yeah it's me totally yeah 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 and everything's so expensive okay well I have to put extra hours but what happens I mean I I'm just going with uh scenarios that clients have shown me or uh, talked to me about is that uh, their partner ends up complaining that they're not there enough and so there's kind of that you're not almost like you're not listening you expect you think this is the expectation but they actually just want you to be there and i could be wrong it could be vice versa right get on something because there's a real there's a real um um and I'll, I'll, we'll get back to the question mm-hmm. in a minute, but there's a real, a need that I think mm-hmm. still permeates society mm-hmm. that men need to be the ones to solve the problems, to, mm-hmm. to make the money, to mm-hmm. be the hero. Um, uh, and being a hero hurts sometimes mm-hmm. like being I'm that sad. hero, being the one who kind of takes it all on constantly for the family and doesn't show it. Um, it can really hurt. And it can mm-hmm. be really damaging. Um, so yeah, back back to, back to the question: When you get folks who, especially now, uh, and and men in particular, who feel this kind of existential uh, dread about their life circumstances, or who are feeling depressed, or who are anxious, or who are both, what would you say is like one key kind of tip and i know it's, it's trite to say just one yeah, thing can make it one better thing. so trite but like well or two or two things or three things but like what are some things that guys can do to just start feeling like they've got a little bit of a handle on stuff well ryan are you better than tom brady uh, uh at football probably not <laughs> in general no are you better than batman um at fighting crime no <laughs> no so i i have put people on the spot like that and they're like no well yeah they did therapy that's part of why they are so success- successful hmm. right they're so i would ask that are you better than this athlete that you look up to oh you watch the canucks oh you know this player on the canucks went through therapy because his game was off because his uh his gra- uh dad died mm. are you better than him so no oh but you strive to be like him right okay right. well if if striving to be like someone if that's your goal like i want to be tough like uh like uh rocky like i want to be tough tough like this person right yeah he did he did counseling you know he did the mental aspect and i was actually watching rocky yesterday so that's why that came to my mind but no that's a great movie by the way all of them they 
I, the one that's not good. Number but, number five, and even Sylvester Stallone says number five was terrible. That's why yeah, he, he hates it. That, that, he did Rocky Balboa. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did say number that. Number five was so bad. Yeah, but he yeah. did his own his own work, man. He yeah. a lot of that all those movies show the mental aspect, and I think that's what we don't consider. Maybe it's yeah. So we definitely have to just look into our mental aspect. We are not too feminine to uh, if we talk about our feelings. We are not like less men, less than what we strive to be to be if we show our emotions. I think we're stronger with that because let's say a guy that doesn't show his emotions and someone calls him a, a name or it just like really clicks uh, so, somewhere where they're really insecure. Okay, I'm going to hold that in. I'm going to punch that guy and this and that. Yeah, that did not do anything. Um, that hurts. Still gonna be there, mm-hmm. and there's a reason it's there. You gotta talk it out, man. And that I guarantee you, once you talk it out, let it out, let it out, meaning also letting the situation go, and sometimes creating a negative into a positive. Like for instance, my trauma into counseling. Mm-hmm. I think that is something profound that you find that's even better than what you thought you could be Hmm. and we just in the end i if if you want one sentence is (laughs) it's so cheesy but it's okay to be uh, it's okay to not be okay it's okay to ask for this help because you're only going to get better in the end these small mental things are probably what's holding you back from your own potential and yeah that's powerful i mean it's okay to ask for help um you're only going to get better like what's what's the risk the risk is not getting better that's that's the risk um finding a new counselor (laughs) yeah well yeah that i mean that too um before we go vic uh, um my 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 podcast is all about uh leadership and mm-hmm. what we're talking about today is really about how to be leaders, mm-hmm. uh, mentally healthy uh, leaders in our own lives. So mm-hmm. what I would like to ask you uh, mm-hmm. is how do you see or how do you envision uh, each of us individually can be mentally healthy leaders in our own lives? Because leadership is so important. Leadership is at the cross section mm-hmm. of uh, whether it's whether it's teams, whether it's managing our own schedules, our own lives whether it is taking a risk, trying something new, um, deciding to, you know, finally pay down that debt or lose those <laughs> extra few yeah. pounds. Uh, yeah. how, how do you see each of us from a mental health perspective can be leaders in our own lives? Okay. So being real, I think being real with yourself is number one. If you want to say uh lose some pounds okay what is the barrier that's number one am i hitting the going to mcdonald's too much okay let's be real yeah i am uh, i might be going to the gym but i'm not uh eating too well um i would say using smart goals being specific measurable attainable uh realistic realistic thank you (laughs) and time-based um that's structural and uh so that is the way way to do it and also 
yeah, what are the barriers? Being a leader, what does being a leader look like for you? I think everybody should look down, look at themselves and think about that. Leadership is not, oh, I'm prime minister. I am uh, premier. I'm, and I'm not going to go in, go uh, touch on Andrew Tate and hustle culture, but that, that is be not, another conversation. Yeah. Yes. That's not leadership. Okay. Leadership is not you thinking you're alpha, mm-hmm. right? Which is also another topic, mm-hmm. but leadership is what you consider leadership and okay. How do we get there? Right. What are the barriers and be real with yourself. If you are enabling the barriers, are you drink? If you're wanting to work on your mental health, how often are you drinking? How often are you even doing getting help or are you listening to some podcast and they can like hoping that helps? So that's a short answer. <laughs> no, no. And let, let's not denigrate podcasts now because we got oh, podcasts listening are great. to this one. <laughs> no, po- yeah, no, podcasts are no, great. No. But yeah. okay. Yeah, I just want to rephrase podcasts, Instagram reels. Uh-huh. They can be helpful. They're a great starting point to uh two things. They give you insights on where wow i didn't even think about that Mm -hmm. and then reading more into that they're great education i I don't want to actually put podcasts and instagram reels in the same uh arena instagram reels are great starting points i think what what i think you were getting Mm -hmm. to and i actually think you made a really strong point um and and i want to articulate it uh Mm -hmm. to kind of bring tie that off being stuck on kind of the podcasts and the Instagram reels and all of the memes and looking through all of that stuff, it can make you feel like you're taking action, uh-huh. but you're not, you're actually in a self-help uh-huh. trap where you feel like you're, you're taking in all the information, but you're not taking the steps, which is what you, which is what you you're saying, be real about what you want. Uh-huh. And it actually goes full circle to what we were talking about at the very beginning of our conversation. Just focus on what's real, focus on what is in front of you right now don't look over your shoulder don't look ahead with uh comparisons of others be realistic about what you want and who you are and what you want to change and i think Um, that's what a counselor would do too that counselor would keep you attainable uh account sorry accountable about it that hey they might not i mean i would not i probably won't be saying exactly like Hey, have, did you uh, do those steps you wanted to do? Hey, did you? Uh, are you eating healthy? It's just someone that's, but still, someone who's gonna, you know, for lack of a better word, call you out on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I actually I drank after uh, six months, for instance. Mm-hmm. But hey, let's not completely get negative. Yo, you went six months. You did better than you did before. That's what I say to my clients. Like, like uh, we use the example of walking for uh, five minutes earlier. Right. Okay, you walk for five minutes. Don't downplay that. That's more than you have before. Mm-hmm. You walk five more minutes than you did before. I'm. You say you did one day of exercise out of seven. Okay, you last time you did zero out of seven days right yeah progress, so, not perfection right exactly yeah and i think that especially like i said we could definitely go into rabbit holes but uh 
because it's so fast, fast, fast these days, I think we want to get to seven out of seven days and like that perfect body, but almost not getting, doing, no, uh, noticing, okay, everybody who's been successful has to go through these steps and we can't compare our step, step one to someone's step 30 you don't know what they've gone through. They work their butt off. It's time for you to work your butt off too. That's, that's, that's an excellent, excellent advice. Uh, Vic, before we go, any final thoughts? Um, seek help when you need to feel free to give me a call. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll put, uh, I'll put your contact say, information yeah, in the show sure. notes. So if people want to reach sure. out, they can reach out. Yeah. And um, yeah, don't, most uh, most counselors uh, have free consultations so uh yeah like a 15 minute call which is free see if you're a good fit first don't well like ryan how you had <laughs> some bad experiences you usually you can figure it out like an almost like an elevator um uh what's it called no, uh an elevator pitch elevator pitch right? yeah 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 so you can probably get a vibe and within a 15 minute call. Okay. Do I really like this guy? Do I want to, or this person, do I want to talk more? So, yeah. By the way, and the hol- oh, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and the hol- holiday season Yeah. research has shown that new me, new you does not work. So make sure you use your smart goals, have a January plan, February plan rather than, Oh, 2023. I'm going to be tough now. I'm going to be buff. So, be real. I wanted to say, I see you've got mm-hmm. a copy of uh, Jin, uh, Jen Sincero's book, You Are a Badass, behind you. Yes. One of my very book. favorite books. It's an it's a excellent, great book. excellent. So uh, I always like to do a book plug if I can. So You Are a yes. Badass, Jen Sincero, an amazing mm. book. Oh, 100%. And Dune. Oh, Dune yeah, 2 is coming out next year. <laughs> also, all the Dune books. Uh, Dune oh. 2 coming out next year. <laughs> we need to. We need to have a... Yeah. Uh, a chat about more pop culture because I think you and I can have a really good conversation about 100%. that. But in the meantime, Vic, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, I really appreciate Thank having you. And um, we'll have to catch up in the new year. Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to get a free consult with Vic, you can reach out to him at nextlevelcounseling.com. That's next, N-E-X-T, level counseling. Com. And I just want to make clear, I'm not getting any kind of sponsorship uh, for this. I'm not getting any kind of referral bonus. I'm just recommending that folks get counseling if they need help. I've had counseling myself. It has been life-changing for me. And if you need help, it's totally okay. It's okay. Like you listening, if you need help, that is okay. Contact Vic. He will give you a free consultation. And it's a great thing to do. It's a great thing to do. So start off your year with some additional help to get you through some of those challenging times. And hey, thanks for tuning in. It's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to bringing you many more awesome conversations this year on the show. If you'd like to drop a line and let me know your thoughts about the show, I'd love to hear from you. Ryan at ryanpainter.ca. Again, that's ryan at ryanpainter.ca. And please feel free to go to Spotify and Give me a thumbs up or a like or whatever whatever the 
thing is that you can do on there. I think it might be a star or something, but hit that star button or like button or thumbs up button and let others know that you've enjoyed the content that you've listened to. It's a great way to show folks that you've listened and that you've enjoyed it. And it's a great way for me to further promote the show. Again, Ryan at ryanpainter.ca. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. And we'll chat with you next time. Thank you.